0: One second, let me see if we can get some modern technology working this morning. Not sure why this doesn't want to work. would you just put that on the screen for me, please? How many of you are thankful today? We have a lot to be thankful for, don't we? And I thought maybe as a form of that thankfulness that we do like God had instructed Moses to go back and tell what had happened. To so go back and look at what he had done for his people. And so this morning, I've entitled the message, Who is the God of the Bible? I'm not sharing this because I'm an expert. <laughs> there's so much more for me to learn. But God has put this on my heart. And I want to look at the Bible. I want to see what it says. And I want to see if there's something that we can learn. All these things happen for examples. And I want you to see what I can learn, what you can learn for today and for the days ahead. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Father, I just pray and ask that you would come close, that you would use me, that you would teach me, that your children might learn more about you. Father, help us to desire that deeper relationship with you, And to learn of your ways. Please bless each and every one who is listening or will hear this later on the internet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I found several years ago that I had a really good head knowledge. There was a God in the Bible. And as I began to read a beautiful little book called Patriarchs and Prophets, I wanted to know where that God was, because I hadn't seen him before. He was in the Bible, he was years ago, but where was he? Who is this God of the Bible? And it began just an amazing quest. And I'm here to tell you today, and you're here because you already know it, that God is alive and real. It's so amazing to watch him work. And when I learned later on that I could actually partner with him and work with him, it's even more amazing. And then you get nervous sometimes when you're going to share a message and you're like, I don't want to come off as I know it all. But if you just knew the God of the Bible, if you just would partner with him, nothing would be unable for us. We we can do so much through Christ. We can do his work. My sister talked about walking away from a job. I've had to do that before, and I just thank God because he's always given a job, and so I can look to him, and I can say, you knew this was going to happen, and he's already set it up, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on, Brent's children's story today. We're going to talk about that a little bit more today, and so it's just really neat for me to see God's leading and guiding. When you leave things up to him, he orchestrates it, and he brings it together better than I ever could, and so many times I just sit here in awe of what he's doing I'm like, wow, I really heard you this week. You've got a message for me. You have a message for your children. And so today, I want to look at who is the God of the Bible. We had our scripture reading. Now, all these things happened unto them in samples or examples. And they are written for our admonition. What does the word admonition mean? It's direction, but it's actually more than that when I looked it up. It's an authoritative Counselor warning it's not just someone on the street telling you this it's someone in the know Someone who knows is sharing a warning or a caution with you authoritative counsel or warning for example, uh, let's see here And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the earth are come Now is it true that every generation has believed that they're the last generation? Amen And it has to be that way, because if we don't believe that we're the last generation, you won't be ready. We would put it off. But brothers and sisters, as I look around today, I'm going to tell you with confidence, and because God's Word says it, this is the final generation. When you look, the things cannot keep going. And when you look in the Bible and you see those that challenge God head on, and when you do that, it is called to judgment. And you don't have to look very far right now to see people challenging God head on. We need to pray for them. We need to try and reach out to them because it's about to be called to judgment. Do you know, I, I found 12 verses, and again, I am <laughs> I'm not an expert on this at all. There's probably more. But do you know that I found 10 verses in, uh, 12 verses in the Bible that says God doesn't change? Name me one other thing today that doesn't change, please. I won't wait long because everything is changing. And yet in this world of change, we have a constant. We have a God of the Bible. and He doesn't change. And for that, I'm very thankful because I can look back at what has happened before. And when I'm faced with it in the future, what do you think I do? God, you've already done it here. You show me the way and we'll go through this. I want to know your way and let's go forward. That's very comforting to me. I want to share just a few of the verses. One of them we probably know is Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. But we don't want to build a theology on one verse, do we? We always want to put the verses together and get that bigger picture. Malachi 3, 6. For I, the Lord, do not change. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. Are you thankful for this constant that we have? I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have it. I would be a total mess. I wouldn't know which way to go. Isaiah 40:28 Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Does he want us not to look into that? It's unsearchable. Is that what he's saying? He wants us to know. He wants us to look into it, to search him out. But there's so much there that we'll never be able to comprehend all of it. And while we're learning and growing here on earth, I believe that in heaven we're going to continue to grow and learn. And I can't explain to you what eternity is. I can't even grasp it yet. But I believe that God is going to teach us something new each and every day. And he's never going to run out. That is our creator God. I don't know how many of you had the opportunity to grow up with a wise grandfather or a wise grandmother. I've met many knowledgeable people. And I've tried to glean from them and to take these, these insights and these tidbits that would help out in life. And it's very, very helpful. And yet when I look at the creator God of the Bible, I see someone with infinite wisdom. Any problem I have has already happened. Solomon says nothing new under the sun. The answer is in the Bible. And we turn back to God and say, where has this happened before? What is your answer and how do I go forward? And it's in there. Not once have I looked for something and not been able to find it. It's in God's word. <clears throat> I want to look at a few stories this morning and see if we can draw lessons from them. I'm very thankful for the Bible. Isn't it interesting how it starts? One little innocent verse. I trust you've read it before. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. And for years, I said, hmm, that's interesting. Have we stopped to actually look at that, to see this creator God? What all do you see in that picture? Tell me some things that God created. There's birds, there's animals, there's water. I see night and day, there's trees. When you look at these, I can't even tell the trees apart on my land that God has given us. And yet there's more trees than that out there. The flowers that we have growing in front of our house, every spring never fail there's still snow on the ground there's a little purple iris about that tall that pops up through the snow and he says hello spring is here what an amazing creator god to give us that burst of of spring and that burst of hope snow and ice is gonna go away i love it but after a winter of it sometimes you just like for it to to skip a mud season and go right on into the spring and to see all that new growth and later on, the flowers come up. And if you look at those flowers, we have a little red tulip. And as I look down inside of it, guess what I see? It looks like a whole nother flower in there. A flower within a flower. When I drew pictures as a kid, I never drew that. Do we see the depth in the, just the creator's mind? Do we get a glimpse into it? And there's so much more there. We could search for eternity and never exhaust that brain. Isn't that amazing? This is someone that I want to know more of. We also have the stars. Psalms 147.4 says that God can tell the number of the stars and their names. Now, we're blessed up here. There's not a lot of light, light pollution, especially if you live in the country. You can walk up and you can just see the stars. I can't count them. And I'm only looking at a few of them. And years ago, NASA put Hubble up in space, and they were showing all these pictures of these stars, and we had however many stars we have, but to think that God knows their name. And then NASA had a thought, and they said, you know what, let's test this telescope out. And they pointed it at the darkest spot of space that they could find. And that spot of space, for you and I, would be the size of a pencil, pencil eraser. They pointed this telescope there, and they left it there. And they wanted to take a picture you have any idea what they found? I say what they found because God already knew it was there. They didn't find stars. They found thousands of galaxies. Guess what's in the galaxies? <laughs> More stars. They couldn't count the stars. They had to count the galaxies that was in that picture, the size of a pencil. God hung every one of those. He knows their name. You and I are created in his image. How much more does he know you and I? How much more does he have plans for us? And actually, if you go to Psalms 147 and you look at verse 3, the one before that, it says, he healeth the broken in heart and bindeth their wounds. Don't raise your hand. Do we have any broken hearts here today? 2020 has been a rough, rough year. Many people have lost loved ones. God can heal that. He has a plan forward through that. He bindeth their wounds. 2020 has been a wounding year for sure. Verse 4 says, He telleth the number of the stars and he calls them all by their names. Verse 5 How great is our Lord and of great power! His understanding is infinite. Infinite. From a beautiful book called Steps to Christ on page 86. It says, from the stars that in their trackless courses through space follow from age to age their appointed path down to the minutest atom, the things of nature obey the creator's will. And God cares for everything and sustains everything that he has created. Did he create you? He wants to sustain you. He has plans for you and me. He who upholds the unnumbered worlds throughout immensely at the same time cares for the wants of the little brown sparrow that sings in its humble song without fear. When men go forth to their daily toil, as when they engage in prayer, when they lay down at night, and when they rise in the morning, when the rich man feasts in his palace, or when the poor man gathers his children about the scanty table, each is watched by the heavenly Father. Have you ever thought about that before? That God is watching over you? I'm thankful that he is because though I've been surprised he's never caught by surprise and I can't begin to understand the logistics of keeping track of just the ones in here not to mention Idaho not to mention the United States unless we forget there's other countries correct? and God is watching over each and every one of them Brent told us a story this morning from Africa does God watch over them too? Absolutely. I don't know how he does it, but there's a knowledgeable person. There's a wise person. There's a loving person, a loving God. And I want to know more about him and his ways. No tears are shed that God does not notice. There's no smile that he does not mark. If we would but fully believe this, all undue anxieties would be dismissed. Our lives would not be so filled with disappointment as now. For everything, whether great or small, would be left in the hands of God, who is not perplexed by the multiplicity of cares or overwhelmed by the weight. We should then enjoy a rest of soul to which many have long been strangers. I ask again, do you know this creator God of the Bible? I'm sure the answer is yes, but would you like to know more about him? Would you like to know more about his ways? If you will, it's actually a reliever of stress. When we follow God's ways, when we do things his way, I think to the job that I used to have that we we walked away from, we wanted to live in the country. Had I stayed there, I would have had to quit because I would have been asked to do things against my conscience. When I came here, I was offered another very, very nice job I wanted to take it because it's something that I've done all the time and I'm really good at it. And God wouldn't open the door. And I didn't understand why, but you put me here, I'll stay here. Do you know later on that I would have had to walk away from that job? And God knew that. And so I'm very thankful for where he's got me at now. And when we're faced with problems, I can very confidently look to him and say, I didn't want this. You brought me here. This is your store. And what is your answer? Please tell me so I can share with your children so we can go forward. That added confidence of being in God's will and putting it on him. He knows we need to eat. He knows we've got bills to pay. He will take care of it. It's nervous. It shouldn't be. But it's because we're not trusting God. Self is looking at how can I do this? And you and I cannot do it. Give it to God and do not take it back. from Desire of Ages, page 329. It says, Jesus is watching over you, trembling child of God. Are you tempted? He will deliver. Are you weak? He will strengthen. Are you ignorant? He will enlighten. Are you wounded? He will heal. The way will be opened for you to disentangle yourself from embarrassment and difficulty. The weaker and more helpless you know yourself to be, the stronger will you come in his strength. The heavier your burdens, the more blessed the rest, in casting them upon the burden bearer. Is that something that you could use? Something that I desperately need. Something that I desire each and every day. Do you know the God of the flood? Do you really know him? Genesis 6-5 says, And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and at every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually when was that written sounds like something we'd see on the news tonight doesn't it don't watch the news it's so depressing God's got control of it anyways but things flow over and you hear about stuff doesn't this sound like what's going on again today and we see God being challenged again And we know that that was an example before. And we know that God has something again today. Did he bring people through that? He did. In Genesis 6, 8, it says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Would you like to find grace in the eyes of the Lord? We have to spend that time with him. We have to learn his ways. Do you think that Noah wanted to build an ark? It hadn't rained before now. I'm going to look like an idiot. I don't even know what an ark is. We don't see those complaints in the Bible. God said, build it like this, build it like this. The rain's coming. And what did Noah do? Yes, sir. We're going to be asked to do some really crazy things sometimes. But you know what I found out? And again, I I have so much more to learn, but this is so amazing. When we do what God wants us to do, do you know we're so worried about trying to witness and we just can't find anyone to witness to and it just doesn't work and I don't know what to do. Do you know that if you'll do things God's way, it automatically opens the door for witnessing? I found that out. I didn't know that. I used to try and witness and it wasn't so successful. If we live the life that God has for us, It will be an example to others, and they will ask questions. When they ask questions, they're willing to listen. Pray before you start and answer their question. And watch where God leads. Watch what he does. While Noah was giving his warning message to the world, his works testified of his sincerity. Right? It was thus that his faith was perfected and made evident. He gave the world an example of believing just what God says. All that he possessed, he invested in the ark. As he began to construct that immense boat on dry ground, multitudes came from every direction to see the strange sight and to hear the earnest, fervent words of the singular preacher. Every blow struck upon the ark was a witness to the people. You and I have been called again today to build an ark. It's a little different this time. It's not a boat, but you and I have been called to build an ark. The way we live our lives, the way we build that ark is a testament to everyone around us that we believe that Christ is coming, that we take the Bible just as it reads. Again, I'm not perfect. I don't have this all figured out. I am a work in progress. I am still learning this stuff. But I can tell you, the closer you come to following God and doing what he tells us to do, it's just such a blessing later on. You see stuff and you're like, whoa, that was a shipwreck waiting to happen. Oh, wait, look where God has me. He has me over here, and praise God I listened this time. And you watch that shipwreck go by, and it doesn't come near us. And I say, thank God, praise God, for knowing what was coming, for setting us up, and for taking us through this. Now, it's not about taking me through. It's about taking God's children through. So I want to tell others so they will know, so they can follow God, so they will be ready also. Because doesn't he want to take them through what's coming also? Do you know the God of the flood? The God who can bring you through the worst storms known to man? The God who knows what is coming. A couple years ago, if I asked you, are there storms coming, you may not have known what to say. When I ask you today, are there storms coming? I think everyone would agree there are. We see many of them. Do not focus on the storms. Focus on the one who calms the storm. Focus on the one who knows the way through the storm. Focus on the one who has plans for you and I. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Christ had a bumpy ride when he walked this earth, and I am not any more special than him by any means, and you aren't either. But he has a plan to get us through what's coming ahead. God brought the flood because their thoughts and there was evil all the time. And we see that happening again today. So we should expect that it's time for God to act again. It's time for God to work again. And we should begin to prepare ourselves, our families, and those around us. It doesn't do us any good. I'm not saying run and hide in the mountains because it's going to get us there too. We want to be wherever God wants us. But yes, go live live in the country. Grow your gardens. Learn of God. Share God with others. Do you know the God of the sanctuary? That's Old Testament, right? Do we need to know that? Genesis 25, 8. Why did God tell them to make him a sanctuary? To dwell among them. Has that been God's desire in the Garden of Eden? Adam and Eve, where are you? He asked Israel to build a sanctuary so that he can dwell among them so if God doesn't change what is he wanting to do today he wants to dwell among us again he's not asking us to build a sanctuary he's actually asking us to turn this into a sanctuary where he can abide with me where he can abide with you it's changed just a little bit but it's still the same thing he wants to abide with you and I The desire of our Creator to be with us and walk and talk with us did not end in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. And in fact, we know that in heaven, He's going to do what? Or that we will get to walk and talk with Him. So you know He didn't throw that away here on earth. He wants to walk and talk with us again. More importantly, when we look at the sanctuary and knowing the God of the sanctuary... Open your bibles up. Let's look at Psalm 77:13. Why a sanctuary? Psalm 77:13. Why a sanctuary? Psalm 77:13. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Would you like to know God's way? What should we study, among other things? His sanctuary, correct? Do you know that the answer to every problem in life is in God's sanctuary? I didn't believe that before, but I started looking at it. If God's way is in there, it has to be there. And I started looking. Every problem you have, the answer is in that sanctuary. Have you ever thought about that before? It's really important to know God's way. Why the sanctuary? What happens at the end of the year in the sanctuary? A day of? A day of atonement. A day of at one meant. Was sin done away with on that day? It was moved from outside the camp, correct? Do you know that what God did every year there, He is doing now? And I believe in a 7,000 year. The Bible tells us with God, a day is a thousand years. He's doing it again, and he's going to wrap it up in 7,000 years. And everything that we saw happen in the earthly sanctuary, God is doing once in the heavenly sanctuary. That includes the doing away with sin. Now, we want to be really careful because I've had people say, I'm sin free. Whoops. Is that a good goal to aim for? I want to be like Christ. He tells us to be like him, and I want to be there. I'm still struggling with that, and I'll tell you from personal experience, I can't do it. But do you know that there is a really interesting thing that happens when I surround myself with God's Word? When I read His Word, when I spend time doing, going on His errands and doing what He wants, do you know that it kind of pushes that sin out? I can see the sin and I'm not tempted by it anymore. It's a day-by-day walk. And one day God's going to give us the victory over that. He has told us that He will give us victory over sin. We can't do it ourselves. It is only in Him. And even if I had victory over sin right now, I'm still looking at all that. And I praise God for 1 John 1.9. What does it say? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. You know, there's another verse in the Bible, and the address escapes me right now. But it says that he'll cast the sins into the deepest part of the ocean. And I was struggling with this one day, and God has an amazing sense of humor I was at our camp in Camp Alamisco in uh, Alabama. And I was like, God, there's, (laughs) there's so many things that I've done. I just can't believe you'd forgive me for that. And I looked out into the deepest part right there on that lake. And you know what I saw? I saw a sign that said, no fishing. You gave those to God. He forgave you. He buried it. No fishing. Leave that alone. God has a way to bring this to an end. He has better plans for us. One day soon, sin will be completely done away with. I want to be a part of that number. I want God to work in me and to do that. Now, who said that? Did I say that, or did God say to do that? So, if God said it, if as long as I don't get in His way, He will fulfill His word. Correct. I want that. I need that. How many doors in the sanctuary? We're going to take a quick trip through the, through the sanctuary. How many doors in the sanctuary? One. What do you hear today? Well, there's your way to get to God and there's my way to get to God. And I agree that we're on different paths, different parts of the path. But there is one way to come to this creator God. He will take you wherever you're at. Okay? And he will bring you on the path to him. But there's not my way to find God. There's God's way to find him. And praise God for the promise if we search with all our hearts that we will be able to find him. What is the first piece of furniture in the altar? (laughs) Altar, good. What is the first piece of furniture in the sanctuary? I want to look at this today because it's been so helpful. We're going to take a quick walk through. The first piece is called the altar of sacrifice how many of you like to sacrifice no and i'm not talking about the animals i'm talking about sacrificing my will my desires do you know the first step to success is to sacrifice that on god's altar give it to him we need to do that and when we do that we're starting a process What comes after this altar of sacrifice? A laver. What is that for? Just a second, Labor. It's a washing, a cleansing. What do we have symbolically that that's good for? Baptism, a washing, a cleansing. I've lived a, a, a rough and tumble life. I need to come to Christ. I want a fresh start. I want to put all this behind me, and Christ has given us baptism. It's not the finish line by any means. It's the start, and what a start it is. It's an opportunity to work with God, and the more we fill ourselves with his word and with his ways, the more it pushes out the other things that shouldn't be in there. I remember in the Gospels, you have the the one that sweeps the house, right? Cleans it all up. Perfect now. And what happens? More spirits come back in, seven times come back in. We don't want to empty ourselves. The proper way to empty ourselves is to fill ourselves with God and let Him push it out. This altar, nothing is free. We have to give it to God. And as we do, He pays the price, and I no longer have to. Can you say, Praise God? Very thankful for that. What happened to the sacrifice? Consumed by fire and gone. After we've sacrificed and after we've been cleansed, where do we go next? That was called the outer court, correct? That's where God finds us at. He has a path. Remember the one way that God is calling us to him? He has a path for us. The next place is called a holy place. Would you like to be in a holy place? Do you know, according to the sanctuary, there's three things that we need? What is the first one? What's that called? Table of showbread. What is it representative of? God's Word. Now, you can't really see that, but how many, how many types of bread up there on that table? You sure? There's one type of bread. We would do well to pray and ask God where his word is. The study of the Bibles is just an amazing study. And I know we have translations and we have all these other things. And when I was faced with this question, God, if there's one word, which one is it? Where is it? And it, it was, we had some interesting talks during our worship time. And I prayed and I asked God, show me your word. Teach me your word. Show me which one is your word. Show me. And do you know that God hand-delivered a Bible to me? And it has been a blessing. It has really increased my spiritual growth. I'm not going to tell you what that is because that was the Bible for me. But I know the Creator God. I know the God of the Bible. And I know he has a Bible for you. And he has things that he wants to teach you. He knows where you're at. And he knows where to meet you to bring you on his path pray and ask God if you have a question any question no question is off limits God wants to tell us more than we want to know it's representative of God's word how much time do you spend eating each day most people have three meals some of us have two meals can you do on one meal sometimes when you do you feel a little weak though don't you if you will we have three worlds we have the physical world we're going to go eat food here shortly we have the spiritual world and the mental when was the last time we fed spiritually oh it's sabbath I'm going to church someone will speak I'll get my food there did you get food this morning before you came here you should have it's available to you don't start a day without eating spiritually If you miss something, let it be the physical. I can't tell you how many times I've opened up my Bible in the morning to read. And I know where I'm going. I know what I wanted to study. And God has moved it to another page. Do you know that later that day someone will come in and say, I have a question on such and such. And I stand there in awe and I'm like, wow, God, you knew. And I share with them the address. Wayne doesn't tell them anything. And don't you tell them anything. Show them the verse from God's word. We want to create an interest in what we talk about. Show them God's word. Get them looking in God's word. And before they leave, I say, By the way, can I share something with you? And they say, What? And I said, I went to have my devotion this morning and I was going to read something else, and God brought me to this verse. And I studied this this morning. He knew you had a question, He knew you were searching for answers, and He wanted to answer your question. It's an opportunity. Do you know the God of the Bible? that cares about the smallest thing. What's our next one? Altar of incense. What does it represent? Prayer. Is this a now I lay me down to sleep? Is this a bless the food? No. If those are your prayers, you're missing out. Prayer is so much more. We need to start our day with prayer. If God wakes you up during the night and you can't go back to sleep... Whoever he brings to your mind, whatever he brings, pray about it. Ask it to know his will. Ask to know how to go forward. What are his plans? Because then when it goes wrong, you can say, You said to go here. And look what's happened. How do I go forward now to your honor and glory? What am I missing? Show me the way. And then you follow it. Do we need prayer? <laughs> Don't wait until all you have is prayer to realize that all you need is prayer. I'm reminded of a quote in Great Controversy, page 525. And this, I read it years ago, and I just couldn't believe it. I had to read it again, and I read it again. And I said, what if this is true? And it completely changed my prayer life. And I know some of you have went to the Pavel Goya down there at Camp Miveden with the prayer. And we're going to have a prayer weekend here shortly. We underestimate prayer too much. But in the Great Controversy on page 525, it says, It is a part of God's plan to grant in answer to the prayer of faith that which he would not bestow, did we not thus ask? That's a sobering thought. You mean there's things I'm missing out because I didn't ask God for? I'm not comfortable with my job. I I need to quit my job. I don't know what to do. God, would you find me another job? There's blessings that he has waiting for us if we would just ask. This isn't for me. This is for his honor and glory to testify of how awesome he is. This day and time right now, it's, it's Thanksgiving. Uh, we just passed Thanksgiving. Yesterday was Black Friday. I'm guessing every one of you in your email or in your paper or whatever, you saw an advertisement flyer, Right? It's got clothes, it's got TVs, it's got all kinds of stuff in it, right? And you can go to the store and you can get, purchase whatever you want. Do you know that this is heaven's flyer? Do you know that the things that are in here are examples for us? And we can open it up and say, God, I want that one. Would you do that in my life? An example of that is Genesis 24. I read that for the first time, not the first time, but after I came back to God, and I wanted to know this creator, God of the Bible. And I read down through there, and as I got to the end of Genesis 24, it's about Isaac and him not picking a wife. He trusted his father. And when you read it, what really, really got me was it said that he took her in his tent and he loved her. And there's a lot of problems in the Bible, people doing problematic things but this seemed to be a good, wholesome love relationship. And I looked at that and I said, wow, I've messed this up before. God, can you do that one? (laughs) I'm glad I didn't see him. I'm sure he shook his head and said, son, do you know what we need to do to you to get you ready? But do you know that God honored that? And he took me over a thousand miles away to my wife. Now, be careful what you ask for because it finishes that verse, and I didn't pay attention to that. It actually says that she comforted him in the loss of his mother. I failed to read that. And about this time, I was going through AFCO, and my dad had cancer, and God would not release me from AFCO. So I asked him to take care of my dad because I couldn't concentrate. Well, my dad was hurting, and I needed to be paying attention. I finished AFCO. I had two weeks till we got married. At the end of the first week, my father passed. I was able to go out there and to spend time with him. And while I was there, the, the hospice nurse, and I, I would call my dad, and he'd always be fishing or something crazy. Like, I thought you had cancer. You're home dying, and he's off doing this and that. And the hospice nurse sat there and told me that morning, she said, I've never seen a case like your dad. I would come to see him and he was gone. She said, I wanted to kick him off a hospice. She said, I just don't understand. We're supposed to praise God in everything. And it's really hard to praise God when your father's died. And I'm not to praise God that my dad had died, but I could sure praise him for the witnessing opportunity that he just created. And I looked at that nurse and I said, I can explain it. She's been in nursing a long time. She'd love to hear this. She said, I'm listening. And I said, I was at Bible school and I couldn't get away. And I asked God to take care of my dad so that I could pay attention. And she was a Christian. She said, oh, that makes sense. And God took care of my dad so that I could pay attention to my learning, so that I could share him with more people. And I didn't realize it. I didn't realize that my dad was going to pass. But my wife comforted me in his loss. Isn't God's word amazing? He knew what I would need. He brought me to read it in the scriptures. He put it on my heart to ask for that. And he took care of me. He's been taking care of me ever since. Prayer is the ordering, is heaven's ordering system. Do you need something? Pray and ask. Which leads us to our next piece of furniture, which is what? Candlestick. What does that symbolize? The light of the world. It's also our witnessing, right? Sharing. Do you know that we have Christians out there today, and I'm not picking on them, I did it myself, that are doing one third of the holy place experience and can't figure out what's wrong? Does it do us any good to read the Bible if we're not going to pray or share? Does it do good to, to, to pray but not to read God's word? As I read God's Word, it puts thoughts in my head. I'm like, God, please do that again. And what good does it do us to pray and read if we never tell anyone about the awesome, incredible Creator God? We need all three of those, do we not? It's a wonderful combination. It's not by accident that God put those pieces in there. If we can get those three right by God's grace, what is the next place? A most holy place. Would you like to enter into a most holy place experience with God? Interestingly enough, I, I really the more I study about God, the more I'm humbled. The more I stand in awe. If this is where in His sanctuary He met the people, what is that top plate called? A mercy seat, not a not a condemnation seat. Not I told you so. It's a mercy seat. What is God? Among many other things. Merciful. Which is also a rebuke to me. What should I be? Pray for me. I'm not there yet. I need to be more merciful to others. Our Heavenly Father is very merciful and long-suffering. He wants to show us his mercy and long-suffering and the plans he has for you and I. The God of the Bible wants to meet with you and I. He wants to talk with you like he did Adam and Eve. He wants to prepare you and your family for what is about to come to this world. And would like to see us before his mercy seat in heaven one day soon. I could keep you here all day. I won't do it. What's our first picture there? Moses. Moses. God put on a mother's heart to raise a godly child, to give it to a worldly system, and still needed some training, but to take his people out. God's way isn't always easy, but it is pretty incredible. There's going to be sacrifices along the way. The manna. When did the manna show up? In the morning, early morning before the sun. Back to our physical, mental, spiritual. When should we be eating the spiritual food? Before the sun comes up, correct? My phone goes nuts, and I know too many people on the East Coast, so it starts really early. And it will go all night long. I have to put the darn thing to sleep. <laughs> so I can have some sleep. We need that spiritual food in the morning before our day starts. Before the distractions of the day come up. Don't, don't miss out on that. What's the next one? Moses with the serpent? If a bunch of serpents dropped in here right now, it would probably clear this place out, correct? And I would be tempted to go with you. But what should we do when the problems drop in around us? Point your eyes to Christ. You knew this was going to happen. Nothing catches you by surprise. What is your answer? And what did he say? Look and live. What about little Samuel? Praise God for our godly mothers. A child who seeks after God, doesn't know what that voice is talking to him. But when he's given guidance, say, here I am. For our children out there today, and by the way, the Bible says that in heaven we'll become adults at the age of 100. So there's several children sitting out here in front of me today. Correct? For the children today who hear God's voice calling, what should be our response? Here I am. Underneath that, we see Isaiah, right? Here I am, send me. Doesn't say I'm qualified. God will take care of all that. And I really stand in awe because I never meant to be up here. This was not my plan. I saw in the Bible where we were supposed to pray for those around us. And I said, I can do that. It was a trick. God got me. Praying for them. After you pray for them, what happens? Boy, you gotta say something to them. You have to share with them. You have to talk to them. And God sent me through AFCO to learn the Bible and to be able to share better with people. And the Great Commission is what? To take his message into all the world. Man, I can't do that. The first place that I spoke, I don't know if it was the first place, but early on one of the places that I spoke was a little town called Lone Pine. It has about 20 members at the time. But do you know what's right behind Lone Pine? A mountain called Mount Whitney. Do you know who comes through town to climb Mount Whitney? People from all across the world. And we would go to Lone Pine Church, and then we would go up to the base of the mountain up there, and we would be able to share God, not only in that little town as they came through, but without. So right off the bat, God is already taking his message to the world. And I said, wow, how did you do that? And later on by the by internet and all that, His message has gone out. I've gotten emails from people from a long distance away who watch this on the internet. I had no idea. And they make contact. And several years ago, I had the privilege of standing in Canada in Creston and sharing a message with them. And I said, wow, God, you said it and you're doing it. We're taking this message, his word, to the world. Do you know the creator of the Bible? Do you partner with him? Would you like to know more? As we wrap up today, do you know the God of the Bible? The God who can bring you, I got my pages wrong, the God who can bring you through the floods, through everything else. God reached out to me with a rainbow, and He had a little child sitting beside me, and a child asked me, What is that? And I said, It's a rainbow. And He said, What does it mean? And I said, It means God keeps His promises. And I said, no one keeps their promises. You know the story. I've shared it before. And friends, I'm here to tell you today that God keeps his promises. He will meet you wherever you're at, whatever your struggle is with, and he will bring you to him. Several years ago, Colleen and I began to read the Bible and to learn this God of the Bible, to realize what was coming. And we read about a time when you couldn't buy or sell. And we said, God, we need to get out of the cities. You've counseled us to get out of the cities. What do you have? And we began to look around, and we couldn't find anything. And we were praying and asking God for his plan. What do you want? And Colleen came to me one night, and she said, what do you want in the house? What are we looking for? And because i have been reading my Bible, and I knew my father is a king, I said, I want a mansion. And Colleen backed up, and she looked at me, and she said, well, what is a mansion? Because those words don't usually come out of my mouth. I said, I want a mansion. She said, what is that? And I said, it's what we've, been, what we've been praying for and asking for. I want a little cabin. I want it off-grid. I want fruit trees. I want a garden. I just spent a year redoing our house. I want it ready to go. I want to put a key in the lock and walk in, and I want to go to work for God. I don't want to spend another year remodeling a house. I want to go to work for God. Do you know that he gave us every one of the things that we prayed and asked for? Do you know the God of the Bible? And I also said that God has a sense of humor, did I not? If you come to our, fir- to our place during the daytime, I can already tell you what you're going to say. Because everyone who has come during the daytime has said the same thing. And we didn't ask for this. But what a God we serve. That is not the picture it's supposed to be there. Okay. Maybe it's here. Let's go one more. Did I mix them up? There it is there. That is a picture that I took from our porch what you will say is, what a view. And it's such an amazing God because he can change that view multiple times during the day. And every one of them is just as breathtaking as can be. I'm not telling you to run off grid. I'm not telling you to move to the country. I'm telling you that God has a plan and that you need to search and ask for what that plan is. And as God opens that door, you need to follow that. This picture right here I've got people coming in, and they say, oh, you're a prepper. You live off-grid. And I said, God, how do I deal with that? Because I'm not a prepper, but it sure looks like it. Remember what I said, doing things God's way? And God said, you are a Bible prepper. And I said, hmm, that's interesting. And I started looking into it, and that's what we're doing. We're Bible prepping. We're doing what God tells us to do. We're, we're growing our own food. We're, we're doing all these things, and we're going down and working in the cities and sharing God. And I had people come in the store and they would say, we've had to run our generator for so long and it's people that I can't talk about God to, they just kind of roll your eyes and they don't want to talk about it. And they said, I've been burning gas. I've burned, you know, 20 or 40 gallons of gas already. And I said, wow, I haven't fired my generator up yet. And they said, that's not possible. And I said, sure it is. Can I show you a picture? I said, my God, the creator God of the Bible can part the clouds and can let sun through for two hours. To charge our batteries again. I haven't used any gas yet. And then I just let them think about that one because they know they've used a whole lot of gas. He doesn't do it every day. I've run my generator this year. Do you know the Creator God of the Bible? The one who will take care of us, the one who put us there. He knows our needs. Brent mentioned this morning that he was going down the road. He was doing God's work. He's going down the road. He's looking at clouds. And friends, whether it's physical rain, whether it's spiritual or mental, do you know the God that can move those clouds? You've heard my story before coming into Amarillo, and it was pouring down rain, and I had some of my stuff covered in the back of the truck, but not all of it. And I'm looking at a storm. And through that night, God drove me in and kept me dry to get to the motel and let it flood. And boy, was I confused. Why did you get me in dry to let it flood now? And the long and short of it is I lost one T-shirt in that rain. God protected everything but one T-shirt that was given to me. My stuff didn't get wet, damaged wet. But in life, whether it's the physical, the mental, or the spiritual, sometimes God calms the storms. And he will always... Calm his child in the storm. No matter what we face. Many, many times you go through the storm. Do you know the God of the Bible? Do you today? Again, I said don't watch the news. We can't help but see it. We've seen the trials. We've seen the the shootings. We've seen the, the smash and grab and everything else that's going on. It's concerning. But are you where God wants you? Do you know the Creator God who can take you through this? And my my hope and my prayer today was for me and you to be reminded of what God has done, to be reminded of what He will do, and to go through the Bible and to look at it differently. It's no longer a good storybook. These are examples for you and I today. And so now, as I read a story, I say, God, how does that apply here and now? Teach me from your word. I'm thankful because I'll tell you straight up and honest, when COVID hit, the last place I wanted to work was at a thrift store. Do you know where our stuff comes from? The whole community. We were getting stuff from Montana. We're getting stuff from Canada. I get stuff from Washington. I get stuff from Coeur d'Alene. How much of that has COVID on it? And my number one concern because the employees know that that is God's store. I didn't want God's store to be accused of spreading COVID to the community. Community thrift has spread all these cases. I didn't want that, please God. How do we avoid that? And I didn't know what was going on, but based on a God who didn't change, I told the employees, God has a plan. This is how we're going to get through it, and we're going to watch and see what He can do. And I said it with confidence. Because I knew that God didn't change. And I knew that he's watched his children before. And I knew that he would watch over us. And there's many stories I can tell of how he's done that. I won't do that today. But again, do you know the God of the Bible? Will you give him a bigger chance? You won't be disappointed.